Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. A reminder that if you want to watch the entire service, our services are available on our YouTube channel linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available, and you can do this using your favorite podcasting app. We would love it if you would help to support the missions and ministries here at Beach Grove through your tithes and your offerings. A donation link is also linked in the notes below. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. Jesus appears to the disciples. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw it was the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven then. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is a reading of Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other languages as the spirit had given them the ability now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygian and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Syria, and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. 
in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your word for us this day, we would continue to learn and grow, that your spirit would rest and reside within each and every one of us, and that we would take that spirit into the world to share it with others. In your son's name we pray, amen. So uh, in, in his book, um, it's called uh, The Miracle of Mindfulness by Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh. He says, breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness, which unites your body to your thoughts. Whenever your mind becomes scattered, use your breath as the means to take hold of your mind again. Now, I'm starting off with a Buddhist monk this morning. I understand uh, many of us may, may be wondering why, but uh, I, I love this quote because uh, while, while Han is a Buddhist monk, and while he's speaking from his Buddhist traditions, as I read into it my understanding of faith, I see within it this connection to our own sense of conscious breath and our own understanding of the divine, right? Because within the Buddhist tradition is this whole philosophical consciousness, this idea that our minds and our spirits are connected and intertwined in this understanding of how we believe in what is happening all around us. And so that's where Han is speaking from. Han is connecting all of these things that's happening around him in this manner of mindfulness of faith. And so if we take this understanding and we begin to think about it in a Christian context, and we begin to think about this connectedness of our breath to our faith, it is this connection to the nature of the divine, this nature of the God that we believe in, of the triune God. Now we'll get into the Trinity next week. I'm just going to, I'm going to hold off on confusing all of you until next week. This week we're just going to talk about the spirit. Um, but as we look at what is happening in our scriptures this Sunday, we are reminded of this connection to the consciousness of breath. And what it means for the divine presence among us. And why is this important? But because today as we celebrate this birthday of the church, we do so acknowledging that the church does not exist without the spirit. Right? It's, it's, it's Jesus who comes to earth, who begins to establish this nature and understanding of who God is. But then it is in Jesus' death, resurrection, and then ascension that we then receive the spirit that gives us the power, the ability, the calling to go out and do the work that we are called to do. Right? Pentecost literally means, I was telling the kids, it literally means 50th day. And it's the 50th day after Easter. And if we look at it and we look at how this progression comes, our verse today from John happens almost towards the end of what we would call Jesus' 
earthly ministry. Jesus has died. He has been resurrected. And now he is walking the earth as a resurrected being. And what he does in this time is have these opportunities with his disciples, with those who are closest with him, and he connects with them in these ways. He offers them final teachings. He lets them know that the resurrection is real. And then we come and Jesus ascends into heaven. Right? Jesus hopes in all that he has done. He has left the disciples with enough of who he was to be able to continue the ministry. But here's the thing is that God never leaves us alone. And so in the events of Act 2, we see the spark that continues from the ministry of Christ that sparks this movement that continues into what we have here today. Right? It all, it all started in that room 2,000 plus years ago. This early body of Christians seemingly left alone and yet in that one moment not just being reminded, but being empowered to do the work that Christ had called them to do and that God continues to flow and pull through each and every one of us. But here's the thing, right? We want this loud, this loudness, this cacophony, this chaos of the day, right? We want to, um, one of the fun activities is we all sing our favorite hymn. I don't want to do that today because I want to focus on something that might seem a little bit different. I want to focus on the movement of air because breath becomes such a vital connection as we look at this nature of the spirit in our lives. As we continue the mission and ministry that Jesus began. Many of us attach on to that loudness. We attach on to the, the tongues of fire. We, we attach on to many of these different things. And I think sometimes what we miss is the simple presence of of the spirit in each and every one of our lives. Right? There's two embodiments of the spirit that we have today, each of them coming from one of our scriptures. And so I want to look at two specific verses, one from John and one from John 20 and one from Acts 2. Um, did, I, did I write these scriptures in your notes? I can't remember. Are both of these there? Uh, okay, cool. I'm glad. So I wrote them there. Uh, and, and if you do, uh, go up to where the scripture is. And so John 20, 22. Right, when he said, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the spirit. I want you to like underline, circle, whatever you have to do to remember that word breathed. Got it? Now I want you to move to the Acts 2 passage. 2 verse 2. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. I want you to underline, circle, whatever you have to do to that word wind. And here's the connection. Here's why I love what these writers, the, the writer of Acts being um, who we think also wrote Luke, and then the writer here in John, uh, the, I love the thing because they pull on their Israelite, their Judean, their, their, their Hebrew understanding of who God is. These, these two words are not just flippantly used because they are being connected to the work of God. They're being connected to the work of the Spirit, and they're being connected to the word of Jesus Christ because this word breathe, this word wind becomes foundational for this understanding of the Spirit. 
right? And so we look, these are two different words in Greek, but they're often connected to one word in, in Hebrew. And we find it right in the beginning of the Bible, right? Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Now, here's the interesting thing about this word wind, right? We talk English, correct? Well, we talk American English. There's, we also have like the Queen's English and I mean, all kinds of English. So we talk American English and we look at this word wind, right? And we just automatically think wind. That's the word that's there, right? Well, this is from the New Revised Standard. If you look at some of the other versions of the Bible, you'll see some other words. And that's because the word here, the Hebrew word here for wind, ruach, has many different translations. The most popular, wind, breath, and spirit. I think we begin to see and connect the dots of what is happening here. There's something in this Jewish tradition that these disciples and Jesus have grown up in that helps them to know and understand the movement, the basic understanding of who God is and the life that God offers to each and every one of us. And it's the connection in this understanding that connects us to the spirit in our lives. Because we don't have to look too much further to get this word and get this understanding to begin to connect it. Because if we just move to Genesis 2 and look at this next creation story that happens where we meet Adam and Eve, we hear that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And it always makes me wonder the presence of of God in each and every one of us because this theme of breath, this theme of, of wind, this theme of the movement of air surrounding us and within us and how it connects us to God. And it just makes me think when I read things like what I read earlier from Thich Nhat Hanh that there is just this connection in spirituality to breath being a part of our conscious understanding and not just our breath personally, but the breath of creation, the wind that is around us and all the things that happen in and through this community to receive the spirit is to receive the very breath of God in our lungs. To feel the spirit of the wind all around us is to know that we are covered and graced by all that God has to offer each and every one of us. It's the basis of our life. It is the driving force of what brings us forward. And it's what is at heart here in our passages today. The greatest thing about this day, the greatest thing about the church is that the spirit is present within it, within us. Even when we're not gathered together, because it is a part of the greater community. And that's what we celebrate here on Pentecost is the coming of the spirit. Right, We recognize where we are in this world. We recognize what we are called to do. And we recognize that what we are called to do, we cannot do by ourselves. 
And so we recognize the ways in which God is both within us and all around us. And so I love this. When we read that Jesus breathed on the disciples, we know that it's offering them something special. Jesus knew that his time that he had left on earth was brief. He knew that in his resurrection that he was going to rise to heaven. And he knew that the disciples needed to be reassured that they were not alone on this journey. And so he breathes onto them the spirit. Spirit imparted upon them as a reminder of what was to come. Probably just a simple breath. Probably just a on each and every one of them. And yet the presence of the Spirit that filled that room, that would then come to fill the larger room where, where all the disciples had gathered, where all of the people hearing the wind that filled the room, hearing the breath of God that filled the room, came and empowered each and every one of them to see and know God's work within them. And I only wanted the first 13 verses of this read Otherwise, we probably would have been here a while because that whole passage is quite long. But what we don't hear after people are trying to debate whether people are drunk on a, on a, on, in, in the mor- at 9 o'clock in the morning, what we miss out there, and I want you to continue to read on, is the message that Peter delivers. And it's not quite even the message that Peter delivers, but what happens after that message as we begin to see the beginnings, the humble, the meager beginnings of the church that would lead to where we are right here today. And it teaches us and helps us to know that we see the ways that we experience the Spirit in our everyday lives. The things that connect us to God, the things that remind us that God is always there. In that breath, in that wind. I mean, how often do we take it for granted? How often do you think about your breath during the day? I haven't thought about my breath once during this sermon. And yet I haven't passed out. About the only time I think about my breath is when I'm about five or six miles into a run and I really need to try and catch it back up. Or when I'm meditating and I'm really trying to center myself on my breath. But really, how often do you think about your breath? It just, it happens. How often do you think about the wind? Unless it is like a huge gust of wind that almost knocks you off your feet. Or maybe it's that nice cooling breeze as you're in the midst of 99% humidity. I mean, it's not that we never think about them. How often do we just forget they're there? Sometimes take them for granted. Not really thinking deeply about what it means. The very nature in which we breathe, a a, a breath in brings in oxygen to, to our lungs, into our blood, into all those organs that are vital for us to survive. The wind acts as a cooling agent for us. It it offers us an an understanding of what is happening in our surroundings. The windier it is, probably there's something that's about to happen. And yet, sometimes we don't often think about them. And yet, within each and every one of them is this nature of life that covers and surrounds us. 
God is present in our breath. God is present in the wind. God is present all around us. And it is through God and through the spirit that we receive this nature of life and grace that exists within us from that very first breath that we take. The spirit is present. From that very first feeling of wind, even that presence right before the storm, Uh-oh. reminding us that no matter what happens here, that God will always be with us. The simple breath, the pleasant wind, even the gasps of breath and the violent wind are a reminder of God working through each and every one of us. We celebrate this because we're reminded that it's not just in the loudness, it's not just in the chaos that we often see when Pentecost is portrayed, but it's in the simplicity. It's in the simplicity of knowing that God is always there, that from the beginning of time, that God's spirit, that God's breath reigned over the waters, and that in our very beginning as human beings, God breathed into us the breath of life. The Spirit's presence is there. We never forget. Because each and every time we breathe, it is a gift of the Spirit. Each and every time we experience the beauty of creation, all that God has done in and through this world, We recognize the Spirit's presence among us. And it's in the power of the Spirit that we can read something like Acts 2. And we can see the work of God within it. I mean, I could have just read the first two verses of Acts 2. Wanted a little bit more context. But we see what happens when the Spirit is invited in. We see the calling that begins to occur. And we see, even if you continue reading on the book of Acts, the cool thing about Acts is it's a story of the early church. It's not a letter. It's not a, it's not a gospel, right? It's not, we're not writing about Christ. We're writing about the early church. We're writing about the struggles of what happens because everything in the early church stems from Acts 2 and goes forward from there. And so when we look at what's happening here on Pentecost, Let us receive that breath of the Spirit. Let us experience that rushing wind of the Spirit. And then let us see everything that God will do through us. Let us look and learn our lessons from the early church. Let us look and learn lessons from those who have come before us. Let us look and learn lessons from where we have been in life. But friends, none of that can happen unless we know what fills our lungs with life. Unless we know what gives us a sense of comfort and strength as we go through each and every day, whether good or bad. It's that breath. In with the Spirit. And the Spirit of Christ moving out from us 
so that others may receive as well. Amen.